Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Man, that felt good to say. Good to say. Welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I am here with my guys, Tony Marchese and Johnny Nani. And uh, we're recapping this awesome weekend and some moves that have taken place recently. And I'm just glad to be back on the mic with these dudes. But a little house cleaning before we get into this stuff. Be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs following us all on twitter but more infor- importantly following at socks on tap and following at on tap sportsnet guys it's been a while since us three have been on the mic together and why i said it was so nice to say socks on tap is because i've been saying bulls on tap a lot and the bulls suck so <laughs> it's been kind of it's been kind of hard to you know get myself all pumped up over that kind of stuff but uh how, y- how y'all doing man Buzz, I'm good. It's Sunday Funday's back, man. Uh, we're starting these rolling again because, you know, SoxFest is kind of the unofficial kickoff to the season, I would say. And we're back now. Uh, like you had said, Buzz, it's been a while since all three of us have been. I know Tony and I have done a show. You two have done a show. You two and Steve have done a show. Me and Tony and Steve have done a show. But it's been a while uh, since it was just us three. So uh, the OG crew, we back. Yeah. Happy Sunday Funday, guys. And like Johnny said, uh, we're back doing these. It's, it is Sox season now. You know, it, 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 like Johnny said it right there, unofficial start. We're, what, two weeks away, basically, from uh, some pitchers and catchers reporting and spring training getting underway. It's baseball time, and we're, we're finishing up what I think is one of the worst months of the year, and that's January, um, because it's just the, the middle of the off season. Things are, are kind of slow, uh, except for us because we're doing Hawk stuff, and, and, and Buzz, you're watching that pitiful uh, other – Jerry Reinsdorf run franchise, but it, it, this is the start right here. We're going to get into February. That's spring training. Good times are ahead, and, and Sunday fun day's back, so I'm I'm glad to be enjoying a beer and on the mic with both of you at the same time. Yeah, I, I when you brought it up doing this um, after we saw each other Friday, just getting the Sunday fun days back, you know, uh, back in rotation here, I was, I was super excited, and I'm glad we were able to pull this off today. I mean, I you guys want to start with Friday, or do you want to start with anything else before we move into what this weekend kind of was? Yeah, we'd start with Friday, um, the, you know, and then we'll move into the actual uh, kind of stuff from SoxFest. So uh, Friday was the 108 Sox Machine uh, SoxFest after party, and uh, all three of us here that are on the mic for the show, uh, we were all in attendance. It was a great time, uh, always a good event that the 108 and uh, Josh Nelson of Sox Machine put on. So we were glad we were able to make it in uh, because, you know, tickets were a little bit more uh, in high demand this they were time. They obviously they yeah, they were scarce, and they had a you know a capacity there with the just the size of the venue at Reggie's there. But uh, it was a cool place. Um, first time I'd been there, guys. I don't know about you guys, but um, I had some wings there. They're delicious. Uh, obviously, we had a bunch of beers and talked socks with a lot of good fans. So um, it was good to meet up with everybody, and uh, you know, kind of gets you get your juices flowing for uh, getting back to the ballpark in March. 
Yeah, definitely. That's that's why I'm so excited to be talking on this microphone right now is just, you know, seeing everybody out there that we get to normally, you know, interact with out in Lot B or in the 108 or just around the ballpark. I mean, Pete Hand, uh, Jason Hosking, just to start like naming names, I could go down this list. Uh, the guys from Sons of Honarchy were up there. Uh, White Sox Dave was there. Herb Lawrence rolled through with a bunch of other guys from 670 to score. And Herb was Jason buying, Goff, too. Jason Goff was there. Herb was buying like the whole entire place beers. Like, I, yeah. I Herb, Herb is the man. Like, I, I love Herb. I was on his lockdown show, I think, like two weeks ago uh, now. But man, he just a, an excellent guy, an excellent guy to talk socks with. And, and he was, he was very, uh, very happy to be there, interacting, mixing, mingling with everybody, talking White Sox, and and just I don't know, I, I'd hate to see that tab at the end of the night. But very generous guy, Herb Lawrence. <laughs> um, I, he probably got me two or three beers yeah. throughout the night. And yeah, th- thanks, Herb. Yeah, I, I'd want to cut you off in the middle there, but there's a hilarious picture. You know, the uh, beef loaf was kind of walking around taking pictures of everybody, just you know, uh, documenting uh, the, all the different crowds there at the party. But there's one where he has Herb, and he's got you know like six beers in his hands, like you know carrying them over to like where you guys are standing. And I was kind of on the edge of that booth, and I was standing there talking to Matt Berkland. I was kind of like looking back over my shoulder, so it's like a hilarious reaction picture of like my eyes are just like super wide looking at Herb bringing all the beers pretty funny yeah i mean those are other names berklin was there uh austin was there um who else uh jordan sam, miller. Ma- sam mendelson jordan miller like i mean this was this is everybody that you normally that we get to normally interact with for months of the year and then have not seen since september so like just awesome to see everybody out there all in one place i mean we ran into berklin at a hawks game johnny but i hadn't seen sam i haven't seen dj dj uh on tap sports net writer he was out there too just, everybody was there it was a great time um if you missed it i feel bad for you yeah you know i almost actually missed it i didn't uh, originally get tickets at first because of the reason um you know, I was just getting back from Disney. I, you know, I didn't know what the week was going to entitle. And then Jamie's sister had to end up coming in. So I was able to, you know, snag some tickets, man. And I got to hang out with everybody and go with you guys. And it was, it was great. Those guys do good work when they do that kind of stuff. I definitely dig it. And I'm glad that we got to see everybody and meet some new people within Sox Twitter that we never have met before. So it was, it was awesome. Yeah, good times, guys. Um, I think that about wraps it up for uh, Friday night. Uh, do we want to get into I got actual... one more thing from Friday oh, night. I got that? one more thing from Friday night, and that was Cherizi's prediction that Jake Berger is going to hang him up and be an on-tap Sportsnet writer. What are you guys' thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, he said, he said he was, I thought, I, I caught, it was like kind of, uh, you know, I was over by the bar and there's a lot, you know, people were like yelling to the bartender to order and stuff. So I didn't hear the full exact thing, but he kind of, they kind of like looked at me and like pointed over. Cause originally we were in that back corner, but then we had ended up moving over by the bar by that point. So he kind of like pointed over and I heard that, you know, Jake Berger, you know, then saw, it was like kind of muffled and then uh, joining on tap sports that, and then he said something about Fortnite there too. So I guess uh, we're opening up a gaming section apparently. I mean, and Jake Berger is <laughs> the perfect guy to lead that up for us. Him and Jonda uh, could uh, do some wonders over there. I know nothing about Fortnite. Um, I didn't even know what the floss, you guys had to explain that to me. Um, Wait a second, Johnny, can we get a Fortnite weekly with Jake Berger and Jonda? I think we've got the perfect, oh, perfect God. episode right there. Oh, geez, that's that'll be something. But I, we're all open arms over here. If Jake Berger likes to have a good time, if Jake Berger loves the White Sox and Jake Berger likes to crack some beers, then Jake Berger can come on over. That's where I stand. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that was a bold prediction from Terezi. Um, 
and you know those guys i think i believe they had that audio recorded because they had a different you know setup and reggie's is more of a music venue anyway so uh they had a sound guy and i think they had it all on a usb and they recorded them in two segments with the some of the 670 guys and james fegan and then the second half with the 108 guys uh and herb so uh they, they i'm pretty sure they got all that so you can go check that out on their uh podcast whenever they upload it uh just go find their social media uh if you really want to hear the full extent of that um and you can probably get a better picture of exactly what that was i haven't had a chance to go back and listen yet so uh, we'll get exactly what Treasy said uh, for the next one. But uh, guys, let's move into SoxFest weekend. Um, obviously, different venue this year, McCormick Place. None of us were actually in attendance, but uh, on tap Sportsnet uh, contributor uh, Patrick Flowers, he was out there a lot. Uh, definitely, you know, he, he wrote a nice recap article over at ontapsportsnet.com, so you can read his takeaways there. Um, but guys, just uh, from some of the stuff, obviously, you know, NBC Sports Chicago had videos and they, you know, aired some of the opening ceremonies and all of that. Uh, just uh, overall uh, on SoxFest weekend, uh, thoughts? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it first. Uh, one of the, the big things that I noticed, too, and this was kind of talked about by a few different people, Yohan Moncada taking interviews in English, mixing it up, mingling with the fans, the the guys, that crew, the Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, Moncada, Luis Robert crew, they look ready. Like that's that's one of the things that I, I noticed. There's some there's some swagger. And you can include Tim Anderson in that group as well. Those guys, they look like they want to win a championship together. I get that kind of Johnny, this will go back a little bit to like oh oh nine for the Hawks. You got this young group of kids who are coming in there. They look like they're friends. They're having a good time, hanging out all the time outside of the ballpark, doing all this type of stuff. I get that same feeling with this core. Yeah. I think that that's, that's what's going to propel this team to success. Um, I really like what I'm seeing out of that. And then uh, Dallas Keuchel, uh, the first member of the Astros to apologize for the cheating scandal. Um that coming out of his mouth, putting some national attention on the White Sox and Dallas Keuchel right there, great. I loved it. I love, I loved seeing him own up to it, talk about it, didn't try and hide behind it. That's cool and tough right there. Dallas Keuchel looks like he might be the coolest and toughest member of the Chicago White Sox right now. That beard, it it, it is it, it blows Buzz's beard way out of the water. So they, they need to let him keep it. Do you see that clip from NBC Sports Chicago? Yes. Where they're- about it and he's talking about you know them jerry possibly telling him that you may have to trim it down and whatever and he said well he did trim it from what it was so hopefully they'll let him keep it because uh, i love the beards I, I love the excessiveness i love charlie blackman's one of my favorite players yes. almost because i mean he's a great outfielder and you know solid hitter as well but uh i you know i love the look i think it's hilarious kind of lumberjack like yeah yeah kyle has got a cool beard i mean i don't know if he had to throw it out there and say it blew mine out of the water that was kind of a <laughs> kind of a dickhead. That was kind of a dickheadish thing there to say, kicking the guy when he's down here. But um, <laughs> no, I, everything I saw from Sox weekend, I was really impressed with Grandal. I think uh, you know he was he was really uh, cool. I loved that. I loved his response to the kids. I don't know if you guys saw that. He was like, you know, a kid had come up and asked, you know, how many home runs do you think you guys are going to hit? And he and uh, he was sitting in between Eloy and uh, and Yoan Makata, and he said, well, you know, I'm going to walk a lot. When you get on base, it leads to runs, and when you and when you get runs, you get wins. And I was just like, that is a cool and tough answer. So I I thought that was super cool, and it seemed like Sox Fest was great from a lot of things that I seen. You know, uh, Dylan Cease had a cool interview with our guy Zo. Uh, he seems to be really you know um, looking forward to the season. So did Nick Madrigal. Nick Madrigal had a really good interview with Zo too. Uh, you know, shout out to Zo. He was really cool, and we got to see him on Friday as well. So. 
there are a lot of cool things that happened at Soxfest, and I'm 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 just super stoked. For Goose Island released that, uh, oh, that yeah. golden ale, the White Sox golden ale. It, it, uh, is that, that can sold looks in stores? Awesome. They said, I believe they said that was going to come in March. I want to say. Um, we'll have Ron a beer. Wrote, we'll, we will have a beer review. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a beer review. Ron wrote the initial release um, for that. Ron Luce, uh, we call him a uh, closet Sox fan because he does head up our Cubs content over at Ontap Sportsnet. But he frequents the South Side uh, a lot more he, he, than he, he more went, than he frequents Wrigley Field. We're going to get to the bottom of Sox game. Yeah, I mean, granted that part of that's peer pressure and us pulling him down there, but uh, you know uh, he, he's been out there a lot. So uh, he wrote that. You can go check that out at ontapsportsnet.com. But yeah, it's. Uh, Sox Golden Ale, I believe, is what it's called, uh, and it's got the official logo, you know, on it. Uh, a nice black can with the white uh, white Sox logo, just like it is on the hats. So um, I'm looking forward to trying it, guys. I believe uh, Andrew Kinsler had done some research on it and said that uh, it will be released. Hold on, I'm going back to this. Yeah, I want to say it was uh, early March uh, for you know being sold. So uh, yeah, that Definitely that whole, have to do a beer uh, review on that one. Yes. As soon as it comes out, we'll, we'll review it, and I can't wait to try it at the ballpark, too. Um, if it's good enough, maybe they'll take me off a of Modelo at the park, but I will say that I still love my Modelo. <laughs> well, do you think we're going to – I don't know. Maybe we'll get some Budweiser White Sox cans like we did last year. Those were cool. It seems like yeah, every year cool. there there seems to be a new beer that's kind of uh, you know White Sox-themed. This is probably it for this year, but you, you never know. Uh, Budweiser normally does some sort of – baseball cans for for the spring as well so a lot of good stuff in the in the beer world uh around baseball yeah. and we love found we the, love beer on the date it, i was right early march it's actually march 1st so that's when it'll be rolled out so uh you just confirm that so uh that, that'll be awesome definitely uh check out that socks uh golden ale from goose island um my takes you guys already kind of went off on the socks fest stuff i, I i'm just going to piggyback off of what buzz said um yasmani grandal is kind of an extension of uh you know when we had hayes and wally money on the shy socks weekly episode tony i had said you know we'd gone round table and said who our favorite offseason acquisition was and i said grandal obviously for being an elite pitch framer great defensive catcher uh gets on base a lot so uh which you know the white Sox desperately needed so that field needs on the field and then off the field you know um vinnie duber wrote a great article for nbc sports chicago and it was the yasmani grandal effect already taking place and patrick flowers had mentioned it in his article over at on sportsnet as well but if you get a chance uh go and read that uh it just kind of details all of what you know both on field and off field uh he's requesting video you know three, four days after signing uh, of pitchers so we can kind of learn their tendencies and all that. And, you know, uh, I talked with Steve Ciszek, and we're going to get into Ciszek in a little bit here too. But, you know, hadn't even, you know, met the guy uh, at the Friday of SoxFest, and he's already talking about, you know, I, oh, I watched what Wilson Contreras did with you, and I like that. And I kind of have, you know, some similar, some different approaches to how I'm going to handle you as a pitcher. So I, I just thought, you know, the leadership there is obviously unbelievable. He's been part of a uh, winning club in Milwaukee. Um, obviously, he's with the Dodgers before. No secret uh, that they're, you know, always in the postseason. Um, so I just really, you know, impressed with Yasmani Grandal. I think that's still best offseason acquisition overall. And then, you know, the guys talking about him too, uh, Dallas Keuchel, uh, saying that being a draw, uh, you know, and we've covered that on the show here before, but uh, that's huge. Uh, it, it's huge when you can kind of, uh, and John, I like the way he put it, it's kind of like recruiting uh, for, you know, in college. You have these players and then the uh, their profile, their star profile attracts other star players. So um, I really like what I saw from uh, Yasmani Grandal there. So another name I'd mentioned uh, in that little spiel there was Steve Ciszek. And I don't believe we covered this because uh, the last major topic we talked about on a Sox on tap, Tony, I believe is you and I, and we talked a lot about Robert, uh, excuse me, Luis Roberts uh, extension. Where's the R roll? Come on. 
that's that's you guys. I can't do it. Buzz. I can do it. I can, I can do, do it. it. Hang on. <clears throat> Luis Robert. There you go. There we go. That's or should, it. But you anyway. know, people get mad that we say Robert, so hang on. Luis Robert. There you go. Right? Yeah, I worked hard on that but one. But we didn't we pr- didn't we actually go back and prove something on this show, Buzz, about what the correct saying is? And it is Robert or Robert. It, like they're, they're, I don't know if the T is hard or not. I, I forget what it is, but somebody else went, went back on TV and, and said it was Robert, dude. Yeah. His dad went on TV and said that. So we were wrong, but we refuse. You're thinking because we said we refuse to be wrong, so he doesn't know what his last name is, <laughs> yeah, and we do. Knows. That is what. That's how that went down, bro. No, <laughs> I think it, it was it was Steve from Sons of Anarchy that went back and found something. We're gonna we're gonna go back and dig through these tweets. God damn! Now it. we're gonna. You're get wrong. There, there was no. There was. Thing. You're wrong, Tony. I don't know. You're, you're wrong. Yes, you're wrong. I don't know. Tony doesn't, to, Tony doesn't like being told. I don't even know how to spell my own fucking name, so why are you? <laughs> uh. Okay. We, we got sidetracked there. You'll hear plenty of our roles this year, no matter how the hell we end up the last part of it, Robert or Robert. But anyway, that was the last major topic we talked about. So then another signing that had come uh, in that period, uh, you know, in between us recording podcasts, was Steve Ciszek, a nice bullpen addition. He'd been on the north side of Chicago for the past two seasons. Um, I really like that pickup. I think it's cool to have a guy that brings a little bit of a different look. You know, he slings at sidearm. Um, I think that can, you know, throw off hitters and sure. Um, he got overworked uh, by the Cubs because, you know, they, they had bullpen problems uh, and they had innings to fill and he ended up being a two inning guy a lot of the time. So um, as long as he managed the workload correctly, I think he could be extremely effective. Uh, your guys thoughts on C-Shack sidearm and submarine slot pitchers are cool and tough just by nature because hundred percent it just it's a different arm angle that the batter is not used to, especially when you got a starter who's coming in throwing it, you know, way overhand. Like imagine facing that overhand curve from Dylan Cease and then coming in Steve Ciszek. You just don't know how to prepare for that. It's it's such a different angle and I I love that. I mean I when I pitched I used to throw from that from that sidearm slot and it was just a lot of junk. You get a lot more movement on the ball. I love that type of pitching. Um, I think it's a really solid addition to the bullpen. And I also think that there's something cool and tough about watching the Cubs bullpen just get decimated from where it already was. Yeah. And it was already they have in a, to pick you, up dumpster dives, whereas yeah. that used to be us. Yeah, exactly. And and we just saw Kinsler. Uh, where did he wind up, Johnny? I think you sent that over Miami. to Miami. So, I mean, that bullpen over there on the north side, and I know that these two teams don't directly compete with each other, the Sox and the Cubs, but they do. Um, I love seeing addition by subtraction, you know what I mean, for, for that <laughs> that type of nature thing right here. Yeah. It, it's just good to see. It's, it's the tide changing, and, and I think that that's awesome, especially for us White Sox fans to watch that type of thing happen. Um, you know, and the bullpen – Last year, guys, we talked about the bullpen as a strong suit, and we, we knew we needed to go add somebody else. You still have, uh, you know, Calvin Herrera around who could, if he's healthy, Johnny, he was one of your favorite additions. Mm-hmm. You still have Jace Fry, Bummer, Evan Marshall, yeah. Alex Calame. There's tons of options to go to in the bullpen right now where if you do have one or two of these guys come out and struggle this year, it's not going to be as big of a problem. I mean, we're used to... As Sox fans, maybe one or two solid options. I even go back to like David Robertson. Like, and if he was off, we mm-hmm. were fucked. You know what I mean? Like, the, there was just, you had that one guy. There's no longer that one guy. Any of these guys that I just mentioned could come out and pitch a ninth inning. And that's just so strong for us going into this year. And I'm, 
I love Alex Calame. Uh, I could go disagree with uh, DJ's article he wrote for on Tap Sportsnet all day, and I'll debate him on it if if he ever does come on this podcast. I'll talk to him about spin rates and whatnot, and you know what what the closer mentality really is. But having these options of guys who can just get three outs for you real quick is going to extend that bullpen so far. It's going to be a great year for this team closing out ball games and I just I'm I'm so excited. I think the addition was awesome. I think it's perfect. I've got nothing else to say besides we should be seeing fireworks at the end of most of the home games when this bullpen takes the field. Buzz, sound off. I'm in the same boat right now, man. I pretty much agreed with everything you said. I think our bullpen is awesome. I love the uh the addition by subtraction part. I thought that was cool and tough. I love that. Um kind of forgive me man right now i'm just i'm on cloud nine about all of this like i i love the i love the c-shack thing what did you say the sidearm what did you submarine is cool and tough sidearmers yeah. and submariners are cool yeah. and tough they, they, they're changing just up the arm element. angle yeah it's the I, arm angle yeah. it's the movement Something we haven't had in a while I, I agree with that like i mean you know who was an awesome side i'm just i'm sorry i'm just going back in my brain here an awesome side armor for us was uh kelly Wunsch. do you remember him yes yes she Shingo, to, Shingo Takatsu also brought a little uh, yeah. sidearm English to his pitches as well. Yeah, I'm very excited about the bullpen. It's a lot better than last year. Um, I'm just excited, excited about our pitching in general. I saw some stuff on Kopech too. I mean, we won't get, I won't like you know branch off into that right now. We'll have a little bit of normalcy to the show, but um, I'm, I'm very excited about the bullpen, about the pitching staff in general, and all that stuff. So that's just just where I sit. Imagine pushing yeah. Reynaldo Lopez to the bullpen. As a well, that's something that we've guy. been calling for on this show for I know, a long but time. add him to that bullpen core, and you're like, holy shit. Right. You, yeah. you, there's just so many options to it. And that's something that could be – one of those guys could get bumped into the bullpen just by the starter depth that we have right now. You know, they were already asking about this at SoxFest do you, do, to Ricky. Do you go to a six-man rotation when you get Rodon back? You know, like, is it a six-man rotation or – are one of these starters at this point, and I think even Ronaldo Lopez and Michael Kopech, I think Kopech definitely needs to be in that rotation. I know a lot of people have, have called for him to go to the bullpen, but imagine pushing Kopech or Lopez or even Carlos Rodon to the bullpen for, for just a second. If your starter struggles through inning three, you've got enough guys to get through a ball game and not even wince. And not many teams can do that. Like we, we talk about playoff baseball, and what's the one thing in playoff baseball that's always a hot topic? Bullpen usage. Yep. Th- I mean, this team is, is in a really good position for that, especially if you get Jace Fry turning into closer-type stuff. You've already got it out of Bummer. You've got it out of Marshall. You've got an experienced closer in Alex Colome. You've got a guy that's experienced in it with Steve Ciszek. Th- this is... I don't know. I'm I'm more excited about this almost right now than I am thinking about all the bombs that this lineup's going to hit. So I don't know. This is it's a different tone that you get out of this show than we've normally had. Yeah, and you know, uh, just to wrap up this kind of bullpen segment here, um, I'm kind of with our guy NWI Steve. He wrote a nice article over at OnTapSportsNet.com. Uh, I believe it's called. Um, it, either it was something about you know uh, White Sox wish list, another arm. That's what it was, and uh, he had mentioned something about you know possibly adding Colin McHugh. He's still available. I would totally be on board with that. Bolster that thing further, man. More runs we can keep off the board, the better. Uh, I'd be all for that. So uh, I kind of give my gives, piece on that. Gives the Charlotte Knights an even better 
starting rotation. And the guys at Char Nights Weekly will love that. <laughs> you know it. Absolutely. What are we going to do without Odrisa Mer? Shit. Um, all right. Uh, that that kind of wraps up the uh, bullpen segment there that we kind of kicked off with Steve Ciszek. So, uh, Tony, let's move into a topic that uh, you had kind of brought up in the group chat yesterday. Uh, we'll air it out here for the listeners. Um, it, it was the quote that Eloy's response to the possibility of moving to DH was, fuck that, and you sent it with the, um, your message was, Tony's response to seeing Eloy playing left field, fuck that. So you go ahead and sound off, because you've been the most vocal about this one. I, th- I think I talked about this either on this show, Shy Sox Weekly, and probably in multiple group chats with different folks, but if Eloy Jimenez says, fuck that, to playing left field, my response, like you said, is fuck that to watching said, him play left field. You said fuck that. He said fuck that to DH. DH, yes. Okay, so if he says fuck that to playing DH, I say fuck that to watching Eloy Jimenez trot around left field. I saw this guy playing with balloons last year. I saw him fucking run into a wall. I saw him run into, what was that, Charlie Tilson. Something that keeps me up at night is Eloy Jimenez collides with Luis Robert. I mean, that that type of thing gives me absolute nightmares. Yes, I understand that Eloy wants to be a complete player. Yes, I understand that we do need some defensive improvement out of him. But Eloy Jimenez's bat is why he is on this team and why he is so valuable to the White Sox, not only in 2020, but throughout his entire contract. Eloy Jimenez moving to DH allows you to play a way better defensive outfield because right now, in right field, you have Nomar Mazzara, who's a dog, and you have Eloy Jimenez in left field, who's a dog, and then you've got Luis Robert, who's going to be great. And his defensive abilities speak for themselves. Johnny, you've got to see so many grainy highlights of Luis Robert making great plays in center field. Luis Robert's not going to be the answer for the entire outfield. If we can only have him out there, he probably could cover almost 80% of the ground, but there's still going to be balls that are hit on the lines that somebody needs. Two-man outfield of uh, Luis Robert and Adam Engel. Yeah, but here's my question for you guys, and maybe I'm overthinking this, but imagine an outfield with Luis Robert and Adam Engel in it. And that's what the Sox are going to do eventually when they get late in ball games. You're going to need to see a guy like Adam Engel out there in the outfield because you want the defensive replacement. Well, that's going to subtract probably Eloy Jimenez's bat from the lineup. I don't want to see that. I would like Eloy Jimenez to be comfortable being a DH, and if he's already, I don't know, saying fuck that to the opportunity of you know just being a DH maybe three or four times out of the week, I think that's a really closed-minded attitude. Do what you want. like Do what's going to help this team the most. And if that's you playing DH... I think your attitude towards it's wrong. I don't like coming out there and saying, I have to play left field every day, otherwise I don't feel like I'm good at the plate. Separate that stuff. It's, it's there, There's some mental things to it. But I don't want to see it come to a point where we have a defensive liability in left field and us lose ball games because we have a defensive liability in left field because what's going to happen? We are going to replace his bat in the lineup with somebody else who can go out there and play competent outfield it just doesn't make any sense to me. He's the worst defender right now, probably on the diamond. Just from the eye test, just from watching him. And Johnny, you're in 149. You watched a Mm -hmm. lot of Eloy Jimenez in left field last year. There were injury concerns. There was concentration concerns. There was actual routes that he took to balls that are a concern. What are your thoughts just from sitting there watching him all year? 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with the legitimate uh, concerns that you bring up, both health and then positional and uh, just the overall defensive ability. Um, I agree with you. I, I heard one time someone asked from the left field bleachers, hey, Eloy, you want a Modelo or a Bud Light? And he turns around and he's like, you know, laughing. He like, kind of like nodding his head, like laughing about it. And, you know, it, it was a whatever kind of, you know, game that uh, it was a day game, I believe, in May or something like that. Um but the concentration just doesn't seem to be there. So he's got to work out things. You know, I agree with the mental part, too. Um, he should be willing to do whatever would make the White Sox better. Um, so I would definitely uh, be OK with him splitting time uh, at the DH and left field. But at the same time, I do think uh, you need to give him a chance to see uh, what kind of improvements he can make this year. And no, I, I, I agree with I agree with that. Now, I'm just going to get it yeah. out there. Eloy's probably one of my favorite players, top three on this team. Like I love Eloy Jimenez. I love the long ball. I love the way he interacts with the fans. I love how he's he's a star. I mean, this kid loves being on TV. You know what I mean? Like he's just he's what this team needs as a face. But I just I don't want to go into June with Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert, Robert, however we want to say it. I'm the IR and then and Robert. There you go. Okay, there we go. We got it. Uh, I don't want to see them on the IL because they had a collision because Luis runs into Eloy and both of these guys are fucking tanks. Like, this is immovable object versus unstoppable force just running into each other. They're huge. Injuries are going to happen. We saw what he did to Charlie Tilson, we saw what he did to the wall. Like, he left a fucking imprint on the wall when he ran into the wall. I don't want to see him getting tangled in nets. I don't want to see any of this shit. I want him playing 150-plus games this year. And if the only way to get Eloy Jimenez to 150-plus games and 45 bombs is to have him DH two or three times a week, give me that over Mm -hmm. his attitude saying, I have to be the left fielder. I think that that's yep. wrong. That's that's my concern with it. Yep. I mean, they're legitimate concerns, and that's why we're here to talk about them, air them out. Um, I just have a question, though, a follow-up. Who do you replace? Who do you put in, then, uh, in left field? That's just my question, then. In left field when right it, now? When he DHs. I mean, yeah. if, okay, let's let's assume, and here's, here's the two lines of thought. Let's assume that um, Nick Magical breaks camp. I think Lurie Garcia, your guy, out in left field, or Adam Engel can split some time out there. I know those aren't the sexiest options. I absolutely know that. Now, let's assume that the Sox go and dumpster dive right now. And this isn't really a dumpster dive, but say you go get a guy like Yaziel Puig, right? Imagine that lineup now with Puig either in left or right. It's splitting time with Mazzara. And you put Luis Robert out there. Yeah, the defense still really isn't there, but you can then split those guys at DH, left field, right field, and kind of alternate going on around there. I know right now you're probably going to see some James McCann at DH. I'd rather him be reserved to the bench role and just come in every fifth day and, and maybe pitch hit a little bit, but you don't need to. The lineup gets much scarier if you add another corner outfield guy with a big bat, and I think that's that's an option. Or you can go that Adam Engel, Lurie Garcia route because those guys are going to need some at-bats too, and the defense, that's going to improve with that. So, I don't know. If Eloy Jimenez is, is DHing five, six days a week, I don't know. But then you've got the Edwin Encarnacion thing, too. And that's what I was just going to bring up. Yep. That was and what I was just going to bring up. I think that's you know? really what hamstrings the whole Eloy Jimenez going to DH spot right there. 
But you go back and you look at Edwin Encarnacion versus Jose Abreu at, at first base, and there's arguments to be made there as well. Yeah, but Buzz. what kind of argue, I mean, what kind of arguments are you? Are who's you a better into for, here? who's a who's a better defensive first baseman, Jose Abreu or Edwin Encarnacion? Right. I mean, that that's an argument to be made, but at the same time, if you're bringing in somebody or you're you know to play left field, you're still going to have that problem between Abreu DHing and Eloy Jimenez. This, this also DHing. goes back to the whole thing with the starting rotation. Load it up. Make it an issue. Make the guys perform. So you're make you're basically going back to what I said, and I got killed for earlier in the off season about bringing in somebody like a Brock Holt or something like that to drive up competition within the second base. Like that's basically what you're saying is to drive the competition. Drive to the competition. Better. Drive the competition so so much so that nobody has a guarantee. It's not that I team. disagree with you at all, but that's just not a like it's not a sexy take that people are going to like. I don't care. Um, I know that, which is fine. I mean, I mean that, again, that's fine. I just don't know how likely that would go. Be. Look at go look at the Milwaukee Brewers of a few years ago. It didn't matter where you slotted them in. They just knew how to play baseball. Go get, right. go get the best guy available that you can get and fill out your roster that way. And that, they've done this so, somewhat so far with the with the bullpen, with the starting rotation. They're starting to do it with the lineup. I don't know. And I'm not saying that Eloy Jimenez is your DH in 2020, but let's get through Edwin Encarnacion's first year of his contract. And if you decline that option – you're going to need a DH. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's get through some of these things and let's have some contingency plans. Don't shut down the fact that Eloy Jimenez is never going to play DH for this team. Yeah. Right. I'm with you. I, I yeah. agree. I, I can agree with that for sure. Yeah. Buzz, you got any thoughts on this one uh, before we move into our next topic of discussion? Not really, man. I mean, I, I, I don't mind Eloy being in left field. I want to see, you know, they say that he's improving. I, he's young. He seems to be animate that he would like to be in left field. I hope he doesn't get hurt. I, I was at the game with you guys when he ran into the damn wall, you know, the first time. So uh, hopefully he, he's getting a little bit better. He's a young player who could still improve. There's still potential there. I don't know how great. I don't think he's ever be a gold glover or anything like that. But hopefully he can improve a little bit and just kind of ride it out. Like I said, he seems so strongly against being just a that DH that maybe he's think he's has thinking he's really improved and he's going to have to give the coaching staff the, you know, the option here to either pull him from it or keep him at it. So, you know, I'm, I'm all right with it now. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, that's something that I'm going to be watching closely during spring training. So uh, you follow my Twitter account. Um, I'll try to do gifts as often as I can uh, from spring training like I did last year. Um, that's something we'll be keying in on. So uh, stay tuned to my Twitter at Socks on Tap Twitter. Uh, we'll have some analysis there. And then obviously we'll break it down on the podcast uh, as we talk through these things. I will be down at spring training March 18th through the 22nd. So that is the very last four games that are actually in the Cactus League down there uh, at the facilities uh andrew kinsler and i will both be there so uh we'll post plenty of videos and stuff from that and we'll be you know by that time by when we're down there you know that's about a week out from the actual game starting so um that'll probably be close to looking like uh an opening day lineup that we're seeing uh for you know multiple games down there so uh definitely be keeping a close eye on it uh we need to move into our next topic though guys and that is second base uh nick madrigal um He's going to have to have a huge spring uh, if he wants to break camp with this team. Um, personally, I do not see it happening. I think they, if there's going to be one guy they're going to play the service time thing with, 
um, it, it's going to be him. You know, they've already locked up. They did before last season with Eloy, locked up Robert. That was a priority here. They're not going to do the same with Madrigal. Um, I think they just say, oh, he needs a little more seasoning. And I, as of right now, he only had one full year uh, in the minor. So this one's not as far-fetched as Eloy or uh, Robert, who's bat. You know, their hit tools are just ridiculous. I know uh, Nick Madrigal can get on base at an outstanding clip, uh, and he doesn't strike out much at all. But uh, I definitely think that he is not going to break camp with the team, and it'll be those few weeks, and we'd probably see him in whatever that is, late April, early May. Uh, Your guys' thoughts? Well, I think Danny Mendick is going to have a chance to prove it too in spring. Um, and then, you know, there's a guy out there named Brock Holt that, that Buzz is going to bring up here in just a minute. But, um, you know, I, this is just going to come down to a good old-fashioned spring training battle, position battle. And I think the Sox need that. We we just talked about driving competition for, for spots in this lineup, for spots on the roster. Go ahead. If Nick Madrigal performs very very well in spring training i wouldn't rule out the thought of bringing him up i don't think he's a guy that we really are going to worry about contract status with especially at this point in team this team seems to be all in for this year put the best player out there whoever performs best out of spring training and adjust as needed that's what baseball teams do uh, i don't think that that spot's locked down for anybody if nick madrigal would say he breaks camp with this team is struggling out of the gate I could see him back in, in Charlotte in short order. Um, I think they want to win ball games right out of the gate. Every game's important. Give me whoever's the, the hottest player right out of spring training. That's my thoughts on this. I pretty much agree and echo everything that Tony just said. <laughs> we got really not much to add to that. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, bring up your uh, you know your point for bringing in uh, outside competition, Buzz. What, for, uh, for Madrigal? I mean, I think that's going to be yeah. kind of – you know, kind of what happened before is, is, you know, or what Tony had just brought up with Danny Mendick being, you know, competition. You have Lurie there. If Madrigal's not ready, sending them back down to Charlotte. I had this Brock Holt thing in my mind, and I was telling Tony about it today when I was on the phone with him. The other reason, like, I thought about it earlier, I was doing some research earlier in the offseason, and then today I restarted my show season, went into that, and uh, he was a free agent. So I signed him, ended up flipping him for Ozzy Albies <laughs> and Madrigal, which was pretty cool and tough. But, you know, like, I... I, I was on that train earlier in the offseason. It was like, bring in competition at second base because I don't know how much I believe in Nick Madrigal. And I think that's a fair assessment. I do. But, you know, um, obviously I think the team is behind him. Um, and, you know, I think we'll see him sooner rather than later, honestly. But that's just kind of where I sit with everything. And mostly, like I said, I kind of agree with pretty much everything Tony had on it for the most part. Well, of course they're high on their their you know, first pick overall in the draft. I mean, they're still high on Jake Berger. You know, like, they're, they're going to be high on these guys. These guys are going to get opportunities to play. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that this one is going to go to whoever performs the best out of spring training. And I, I would – that's Lurie Garcia included. You know what I mean? Like, there's mm-hmm. they have options here. And if, if Mendick and Madrigal don't perform in spring training – I think that job is actually Lurie's right out of the gate. And I think that he's probably the most likely to start at second base on opening day. Yep, I agree with you. That's all good for good food for thought there, guys. Uh, glad you made your points. I am going to just predict, uh, you know, like Tony had just said, performance-wise, Danny Mendick, Lurie Garcia, uh, one of those two will be the starting second baseman on March 26. Um, whoever, you know, proves that they deserve it. Uh, more y- Yomer training, Sanchez so. is still out there. He is. You know, like that, they don't rule that one out either. Yeah, I, so, I would. I mean, 
all, all stuff to think about. Um, we got to move on to the next topic, though, guys. Uh, someone that you had brought up earlier uh, in this show, Buzz, uh, Michael Kopech. We're finally going to go down that road here. Um, obviously, you know, doing some interviews both about baseball and uh, you know mental health. Uh, had a, a lot of different uh, you know appearances on podcasts or radio shows um, and panels at, at SoxFest. So, um, just th- thoughts on Michael Kopech now um, after the SoxFest weekend. I love. I love everything about him. So, like, there's a couple things that kind of make Michael Kopech an enigma, right? Is, you know, he, he goes dark on social media. He completely revamps himself in the way that he thinks, the way that he believes. He's been talking about, you know, uh, mental illness and stuff like that, stuff that he struggled with after getting injured. Um, he did the whole cool hair thing with donating his hair and stuff like that. I kind of relate to him because he's done that. I've done that in the past as well. Um, but I just I love to see where Michael Kopech's at right now, like mentally and physically. He seems like he's strong from all the reports that I've read about him. He seems like his head's in a good spot. And I I think this kid's going to be something else. And I I'm in the boat that you were in last year, Johnny, where you said you were going to completely have a conniption fit and just tear shit up if this kid starts in Charlotte, which it's going to happen. We're, we yeah, don't like it, but it's it's going. I know happen. it's going to happen. I just want I that was because I just want to win right out of the gate, and I also didn't foresee the uh, pitching signings coming in as right. much as much as they did. That was my shtick. Even well, even dude, you know what I mean. Don't even apologize about it. I don't want to see him starting there either. Still, with all the signings that we did, regardless, Nani, I want him up. I want him with us right away, right from the get-go. That's just what I want. But I'm excited for Kopech. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna be a really, really good pitcher, and I think that he has a potential to be a good number two. I, I really do. Um, obviously, we need to see more of a sample size. I'm just talking more so of, I guess. I think he has the state of mind to do. Does that sound better? Because I don't want to like go, you know, where his state of mind's at right now. I think he's gonna be very effective. I guess is basically where I'm trying to lead that into. Yeah, I, I I like what you're saying here, and I just want to add to this a little bit is I, it goes back to some of the positional battles and stuff that we're talking about a lot right now. If Kopech comes out in spring training and, you know, you start to see him, I'm, I'm sure he's going to stay with the spring training team fairly long. If he does go back down to the minors, it's going to be one of the last cuts, and when you start to see him get those opportunities to go five, six in a ball game, if he's only given up, you know, two or three hits, you know, maybe a run at most, and you see him string together two, three of these starts towards the end of spring training, I think he's with this club. I, I really honestly do. I think they bring him in there, and there's been talk of the six-man rotation. I really honestly think his spot in the rotation depends on how Reynaldo Lopez looks in those same type of situations. I don't know if the Sox have come out there and looked at it as much as I have because I'm like the biggest send Reynaldo Lopez to the bullpen type guy. Um, but if he's outperforming some of the guys in this rotation, how do you how do you send him back to AAA? Michael Kopech, you said he's in the right mental state. If he's in the right mental state and he's outperforming other guys of this rotation – through spring training, and I think Michael Kopech's the type of competitor that can do that. You know, what? what's the excuse for sending him back down? He's got to go prove it. He's got to go make it happen. He's a gamer. He's the perfect type of guy that's going to come out and earn that spot, make it an issue with them sending him back down. Just go out and do that. And then we can go and we can talk about why they sent him down, 
when his numbers were better than everybody else's through spring training. So that that's what I want to see from him. I want to see some lights out stuff right away. And, and maybe that won't happen just because of the time off and actually getting into game situations may skew some things a little bit. It may be a little bit of rust that he needs to knock off. But if there's a guy that can come out here and just prove it, that he belongs, it's Michael Kopech. And you said, you know, he could be a good number two. I still look at this guy with top of the rotation potential, number one, a guy that's going to lead this stuff on and off the field because the off the field stuff's very important too, in, in my mind. Um, you know, just what he can bring to the community, bring to stuff. Johnny, there's another guy on a team that we cover named Robin Lehner, um, the Blackhawks goalie, who's all into this t- same type of stuff as well. And, you know, we talked about this on a, on the last uh, Four Feathers Blackhawks on Tap stuff that we did about who do you re-sign, Corey Crawford or Robin Lehner. And I think that some of the off-the-field stuff makes a guy like that, like a Michael Kopech, more valuable to an organization because there's community outreach there as well as star potential, somebody that kids are going to get behind, look at as a role model. This could be a leader on this team for years to come. I love what I see out of this kid. Yeah, I, I, I echo that too. Yeah. I mean, again, I know I said this is pretty much the same thing, but it's just everything that Kopech has done this offseason and who he's made himself to be since, you know, his surgery and everything like that is just he's an easy guy to get behind and you know the talents there. I love that fact that you say force the issue, make sure they can't send them down. But um, I want to give a shout-out to Jordan Lazowski here from Sox on 35th because he actually had told me about it. And I, I was asked, I asked the question, and he found it like really fast for me, but I think it was May 24th, if I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that day, they gain another uh, um, year of control. Am I correct on that? And no, I think I'm I correct believe on that's, that. Yeah, <clears throat> no, so, I believe you replied with that. Yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, I knew it was somewhere around there, but Jordan, of course, coming through the clutch, he had he had it. He must have had that shit written down on his phone or something. He had it like within seconds. But um, that is, you know, something that I think is going to play heavily into the decision of whether or not Michael Kopech is a part of the starting rotation right away, or he's in Charlotte. Yeah, um, for me, I'm big facts guy. I look at the dates, times, uh, and just what I see. Mid-September, I believe it was the 21st of September, 2018, Michael Kopech has Tommy John surgery, successful. Starts throwing again in what? Late summer? Yep. Early fall of 2019. Throws instructs, bringing gas in those instruct videos uh, that some of the guys that cover prospects down in Arizona um, posted. Rick Hahn says he needs to throw an angry pitch before they you know, evaluate him. Michael Kopech's first pitch in spring training will be an angry pitch. I guarantee you that. Let's see what he does. Um, I'm going to assume that, uh, that they do send him down. Uh, I would guess some starts in Charlotte are on the docket for him. Not going to be happy about it because I want to win right, right away. I want you know from the from the get go. People talk about you know down the stretch and you want to save them. Sure. Well, guess what? Games early in the season count towards the standings too. Um, and I know you want to have them available for those clutch moments uh, down the stretch as well. But um, you know a, a game in April could make or break you uh, getting a wild card spot. So that is just where my concern lied. So uh, well, that's another guy. Like I'd said, all that spring training coverage, um, a lot of it will be centered around Michael Kopech as well as Eula uh, Jimenez's defense there. So um, that, that's about my thoughts. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Johnny, um, I got one I thing also, to add. I could, I, could, I could genuinely see them, like Buzz had said. Um, you know, with that May 24th date, um, gaining that extra year control. Uh, I could see that happening as well. 
unfortunately, because I'd like to see him up, you know, pitching uh, in April if possible. But, you know, the, honestly, I, I could see it and I wouldn't be shocked uh, if it happened there. But go ahead, Tony. Just yeah, just, just, there. just one thing to add here is that a pitch in Charlotte is the same pitch at 35th and Shields. And I'm assuming that Michael Kopech is going to be on some sort of pitch count or innings limit. And if we're going to burn stuff down in Charlotte for him this year, I think it's incredibly stupid. Um, I'd rather all of those bullets be, be fired on the White Sox and not on the Knights. I, I just, I, yeah, it, you know, just it, one thing that they could do though is they they would make those short stint starts only make them like a four inning, like that's all he's going to go, and then save those ones. So that that could be a counter, I guess, a little bit of a counterpoint there. That's my only argument against that. Yeah, no, I just, I, I, you know, I just in their favor. I just I, I would rather those those come at the major league level. He earned it. He he definitely earned his spot on on the White Sox uh, two years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. I, I agree with everything that you're saying there, man. But I mean, when you look at it to a business stance, and not that I agree with it, it's just what's out there. You know. I mean. No, no. I think that, that and that's perfectly reality. Yeah, it's reality right. of the situation. Uh, we don't have to like it. Um, and, and I I. When Johnny was going on this uh, this rant earlier, I, you, Johnny, we talked about it. I said he's he's starting this year in Charlotte. And that's and, and we could look at it as that's so White Sox almost. You know what I mean? But at the same point in time, if you're Rick Hahn and you have the chance to uh, get a guy who's coming off of Tommy John and isn't an established major league starter, and you can gain an extra year of control from the business standpoint, Buzz, that you just brought up. Are, Aren't you kind of inclined to do the same thing? Like, let's be realistic with it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. It, it. It just sucks to think about, you know. But it does. It, it jo- does. Johnny did bring up another point. We didn't really foresee Gio Gonzalez and Dallas Keuchel being part of this rotation. We thought right. it was Gio Gonzalez and call, call it an off season. So there, there was a void <laughs> spot at one point. Yeah. Yep. Hashtag that's so White Sox. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they, uh, you know, added that up there. So it makes this less, uh, you know, at least dampens the issue because it's still always going to be, you know, uh, an issue and people have thoughts both ways on it. So um, that, that's just our discussion of it. Uh, we'll continue to discuss it as it uh, the actual performance rolls through uh, when these guys actually get on the field down in Glendale, Arizona. So, um, guys, uh, last baseball, actually White Sox specific topic here, uh, and then we'll open it up for a little more free and uh, then some ballpark planning stuff here. Year for this upcoming season. Uh, top 100 uh, prospects list by MLB Pipeline was released yesterday. They updated every year. Uh, four White Sox are in the cut. We've uh, talked about pretty much all of them here, except for uh, the second one on this list. Uh, number three is Luis Robert. Uh, number 16 is Andrew Vaughn. Uh, number 20, Michael Kopech, since he still hasn't graduated from that prospect status yet. And then number 40, Nick Madrigal. So, um, you know, good honors there. N- nice to be all top 40 there. Um, and, you know, I think the Cubs had four as well, but they were all, you know, sub 50. So um, just looking at comparison, because, you know, our Cubs guys are going to write something up on that as well. Um, I put that post out there. It's on ontapsportsnet.com if you want to read a little bit about those White Sox players that were named there. So um, uh, any thoughts on that before we get into the fun stuff here? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, after those four prospects, it kind of gets a little a little light. Um but, you know, I know we didn't touch much on Vaughn, but I'm, I'm excited to see what Andrew Vaughn can do. If you watched a lot of the uh, interviews with Rick Hahn during Sox Fest this weekend, he's very optimistic that, I mean, Vaughn is just going to cruise through the system. 
Um, I think we kind of all said that last year. He was like touted as the most advanced bat within the draft. Um, and if he's not ready, uh, you know, by September or whatever this year, I think that, you know, you might see a real chance of him next year being the starting first baseman and having Jose DH. I think that's something, you know, Jose's locked up for three years. That makes sense. Um, something like that. But I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. And uh, I actually saw that, you know, when he was talking about Andrew Vaughn, it was on a uh, YouTube actually notified my phone that there was a live conference. So I was able to watch it while I was at work, but that was one of the topics was what brought up was Andrew Vaughn. So I think that we either see him in September or he gets some reps in depending on where the team is at, you know, obviously injuries and whatever to play into play a uh, play a role in that. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited for him and I definitely think we see him next year. I, I really do. Tony. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> I, I want to see Andrew Vaughn just cruise through the system like you said. Um, right now, I mean, we, we, we just kind of got through this whole conversation about Eloy Jimenez being a DH and, and why Edwin Encarnacion kind of blocks that for right now. Um, and they do have an option on him as well. So there's really no pressure to force Andrew Vaughn through this system right now, and I think that that's good for Andrew Vaughn's development. Um, let him tear up double A. I want to see him just absolutely mash baseballs in double-A this year. And I think that if we can get through that and maybe get him even a month in triple-A towards the end of the season, that's going to be a successful year for Andrew Vaughn. As long as the White Sox don't have what you just brought up, Buzz, injury concerns. Right. If Jose Abreu goes down, you do have a guy right now in Andrew Vaughn where you have an in-house replacement that can come up and try and prove something. But there's some other guys that may take some reps before Andrew Vaughn. But this kid, mm-hmm. he does have the hit tool. It, it, it's I don't mean to there. interrupt you, but was it was it confirmed that he was starting the year off in, in double-A? Did he make double-A? Because he was in Winston-Salem. He was in Winston-Salem, and he has not been confirmed to make that roster. I believe okay. he does have a spring training invite this year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he does. Yeah. We'll see how he does, but I would expect him to be in probably be that first a. wave of cuts and either maybe start the year in Winston-Salem um, and probably wind up in double-A in about a month, month and a half. Um, that's so kind you, of what you, my, my projection is for him. But I'd like to see him prove that he can start the year in double-A. I think that that's going right. to be the biggest level of competition for him um, pitcher-wise uh, for us to get a really good sense of, of what Andrew Vaughn can do. And I know he did play with Team USA um, was at late fall. Um, yeah. He did have some, some good clutch hits in, in those games. And um, just from the little bit that I followed of that, it, you know, he's – an interesting guy. He, he's also not that big, too. I don't know if you guys got that out of Sox Fest. Like, he's not a huge dude. Um, he's got a really interesting uh, 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 fashion style. Uh, did you see the? Did you guys see the video that was? Uh, everybody was commenting on Andrew Vaughn looks like a sixty-year-old dad. I don't know if you saw that. Like he just, I didn't see that. I'll, I'll I'll dig it up and I'll find it. But like they were doing like a, I think it was NBC Sports Net. They did like some video and it like you know enters with like Moncada and they're going through like all these guys and they're like the White Sox love their fashion, and then you get Andrew Vaughn and like a fucking like he looks like the guy getting off the train at the Metra. You know what I mean? It's like unbuttoned suit coat, no tie, you know, top button unbuttoned, you know, just like very khaki looking like just he looks like a dad and you know he's got kind of like the the thin hair and everything like that but he looks like he's fucking 50 60 years old businessman (laughs) 
You know what I mean? It's, I, I don't know I, how well that bodes for us if he looks that way. Hopefully, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm he'll gonna, be fine. I'm gonna find it. I'll, I'll get, I'll get it for you guys. But like, there's also would... a little comparison there, guys. You, you got Luis Robert and Eloy and Moncada dressed, you know, to the nines, and it, so there's a little comparison yeah. when you put those guys next to him. Of course, it's gonna look a little bit, uh, you know, not as well put together. I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, it's 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 Andrew Vaughn, right? You know, like I don't know, but. The whole the whole sense of it too is just like you know like I don't know he's just very bland you know compa- in comparison right there to to some of the other guys that are on this team but Paul Canerco was kind of a bland guy too wasn't he like just when you think about it like yeah a little bit I don't know like that that kind of just gave Canerco me- was like the um, the created character you start in MLB you know just like with the with the generic haircut and the goatee and stuff you got to edit him to make him look like you want to look that's that's a good cop buzz yeah there you go i don't know i don't know man but yeah i agree with everything you said on vaughn bro i i just wonder if we see him run through all three um you know all three affiliates like winston obviously not low a but you know Winston-Salem, Birmingham, and then Charlotte. I wonder if we see him do that much like Luis uh, Robert did and uh, Nick Madrigal. So. Yeah, uh, my, my thoughts here, uh, wrapping this thing up on the top prospects here. Uh, Andrew Vaughn, um, I would guess the, the Tony's timeline there. Uh, it mashed for most of the year in double-A. Uh, I would guess he probably starts at single-A, gets quickly promoted to double-A, mashes for a long time there ends in triple a um and then you got you know at the big league level there uh, edwin is a dh slash first base mccann uh Grandal can play a little first base if needed to um and then you know if eloy uh ever dhs at all here so um i you know it's good that uh it's you don't need to rush him there and then also uh no rosters expanding so uh that i believe that does not put him up here in september so 2021 uh we'll see andrew vaughn uh, that's my prediction so um guys that wraps up prospects here uh, let's get into the fun stuff how excited are you to be back in lot b Oof! i'll let buzz take that one first oh i'm definitely excited to be back in lot b you know i was uh I was in Lot B about, man, last year about 16, 17 times. Uh, I got to have, you know, great times with you guys. Lot B is going to be awesome. For everybody that listens to this, to this I really, really hope you consider coming through. Because we, not that we throw the craziest parties or anything like that, but we talk baseball, we drink beers, we have a good time. And Lot B is just going to be fucking off the hook. I cannot wait, especially for opening day. I mean, Lot B is the place to be just any White Sox game. Uh, Johnny's normally holding it down. I'm there about half the time he is, maybe maybe three-fourths of the time that Johnny is. But on tap Sportsnet, we're always out there in Lot B. There's somebody there, whether it be us, whether it be um, uh, Billy Reffeld, um, Just We're always out there, and you're going to see our flag flying there at least 50 to 60% of the time the White Sox are playing a home game. So come out, have a beer with us crack them as we like to say and talk white Sox baseball johnny last year some of the best memories uh, from the ballpark were just in lot b itself you know what i mean we had absolutely we had some of the some of the funnest times out there tailgating before some of the games and i think that this year it's going to be even more exciting because when we leave lot b in as great a mood as we normally do and we go in and we watch the White Sox win a ball game, it's going to be even better than when we left Lot B in such a great mood and then got in to watch Odrisamar Despagne, Irvin Santana, Dylan <laughs> Covey, guys like that. 
Like we're we're gonna leave Lot B and actually go watch a major league baseball team this year. Yeah, and I think As that's Eddie O would say a lot of happy humans. Yeah, a lot of happy humans. I mean, and that this is it's just gonna be such a fun time because we're gonna get to talk about the winning streaks that we're on, or you know, like who performed yesterday versus like some of the stuff that we just talked about last year, where it was like. Ugh, who's starting today? And it's like, oh, it's Dylan Kelvey pitching. Let's just sit out here for another beer. Like, because we know the, the, the top of the first is not even worth watching. Like, we're going to be excited out there. And I think that's what I'm, I myself am most excited for is being excited while I'm drinking beers in Lot B. You know, like, I think that's going to be something that's awesome for us. Opening day is going to be huge. Um, we've, we've already been talking a lot about not only just opening day, but just the whole opening weekend. Um, getting out to the ballpark a couple of times in that first weekend just to throw some tailgates, be out there with people who can or cannot make it to one or the other. And, you know, just being back there is going to be like my Christmas. Absolutely. I agree 100%, Tony. Uh, it's something that you had mentioned earlier on when you were uh, just starting after Buzz. The flag, that's going to be huge. The The best thing about Lot B is, you know, you got the big White Sox, you know, uh, uh, kind of grandstand out there um, down that third baseline right above the Shy Sox bar. Uh, just look for the ONTAP Sportsnet flag. Uh, that's how you can find us. And e- even if we're not announcing something that's, you know, a big tailgate and opening day will be a huge tailgate, we all, uh, I, well, I think, Tony, you're kind of in flux, but you will be there. Uh, but me and Buzz for sure got our tickets locked down. Um, either oh, way, I'll be, be there. I, I will be there. It's good going to be a big party opening day um so th- that'll be a for sure one and we'll announce those as much ahead of time as we can we're letting everyone know we'll get the official announcement and details and all that uh as it gets a little bit closer and as we're in the you know b- beginning of spring training games um and we'll have you know a couple of those that are bigger ones that are you know more organized but even if you just see the flag it's usually just me and tony and buzz or me and my old man out there having a couple beers just talking white socks you're always free anyone any listeners introduce yourself give me your twitter handle so i can put a face to the name find the flag uh come and have a beer hang out you know we got uh, wally money always strolls through uh, kind hand. of from the back of the lot so he he's uh, you know well versed in doing that pete hand does the same austin um yeah uh, austin dizick uh matt berkland and his uh girlfriend always great to see them uh, i believe he was going to make a uh like a white Sox shot ski or a shot bat or something like that so i mean it's it just going to be a lot of fun this there might year. be some uh, jello shots wait. out there on random yeah. days you never know like we, we bring yeah. a lot of different stuff sometimes we've got a grill out there you never know it's always just a good time if you see that flag like johnny said show up come have some beers with us there's normally beer there to be had by everybody yep Yep, and then, uh, you know, since we're talking about Lot B here, uh, we had the shirts uh, that we had put out, and those sold out extremely quickly, guys. So we appreciate everybody that bought one. If you're a listener and you bought one, uh, you know, take a picture whenever you're wearing it, tag us. Uh, we'll retweet it and post it, um, all that good stuff. Uh, we are in the works right now. We, we promise that we are, you know, working on the situation to get these things back up and hopefully uh, do them even bigger and better. So um, that's going to be, you know, as John would say on Chai Sox Weekly, look out for that. No, but seriously, stay there's tuned. Some, there's there's some eyeballs around that shirt yeah. right now. Stay, stay, stay tuned to uh, you know just our social media and the website, and then our uh, store is uh, ontapsports.bigcartel.com for when they actually do go up. So, uh, but like I said, we'll post all the links and stuff for that. Uh, going to be a fun year, guys, both on and off the field for us. Uh, we're going to be bringing socks on tap to you. Probably have some new voices rotating in here. Um, you know, 2020 vision, baby. Hey, hindsight is 2020. Ooh. And that's another on tap shirt. 
<laughs> you can get that one at the uh, at the link that uh, Johnny just provided. But hey, I kind of like that. Like we kind of joked about hindsight, twenty twenty being like, all right, here's another fucking rebuilding year. We were thinking that this was going to be the year, and it might not be the year, but it is the start of the years for this White Sox team. So hindsight 2020, I kind of look at it in a different light than when we kind of joked about it and put a shirt together for it. But hindsight 2020, this might be the first time we're back in the playoffs in forever. Yep. So I, I love what's happened. Uh, we should probably go promote that shirt <laughs> one more time from our socials uh, and see what happens. But, uh, you know, it's it's going to be, like Johnny said, it's going to be a really fun year. There's going to be tons of beers had in Lot B. There's going to be tons of beers had in the ballpark. There's going to be a ton of socks on tap episodes coming your way. We hope you can keep up. Uh, we hope we can keep up with all the White Sox news uh, happening, <laughs> signings, all that other stuff. It's going to be it's going to be really fun, guys. I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, I'm really glad we got back on the mic for a Sunday fun day. It's the start of 2020. Let's go. Yeah, Absolutely, man. I, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, guys, uh, one thing that I want to introduce is kind of impromptu here. I didn't hit you guys with this in the rundown before the show, but um, I want to start at the end of our episodes throwing shout outs, um, you know, the stuff that you appreciated from someone, whether it just be a Twitter post or whatever, a meetup, like obviously uh, I'll start them and we can kind of run this format. Uh, so socks on tap shout outs uh, from that 108 after party and socks machine. So shout out to those guys for organizing it. All the guys from the 108, uh, Josh from socks machine, a shout out to them. Uh, shout out to the guys from Sons of Hanarchy because I really like the koozie that they provided us. Uh, they, you know, they were kind of throwing them out to people there at the 108 after party, and it has their logo on one side. You know, the Sox, uh, Sons of Hanarchy White Sox podcast. Then on the other side, it says uh, Rebuild or Bust in Han We Trust. Uh, really cool saying. I like stuff that rhymes. Uh, so shout out to those guys, and then uh, shout out to My Sox Summer uh, from the 108. They made, you know, he he was kind of throwing out koozies too. Uh, the I drank in the 108 koozies with the buffalo wings and rings on the back. I uh, really like that one too. So uh, those are my shout outs for Sox on Tap. Buzz, you got any shout outs? Uh, yeah, I wanted to shout out both Steve-O and um, Tommy. I got to meet both those guys for the first time. Really cool dudes. Dig them. Um, and then I, I have to shout out Jordan Miller because I, I just love that dude. Like When he yes. shows up, he, like, yes. he comes to have a good time and ha- have a couple beers with us. Like I, you know, I, I love that guy, Berklin. You know, shout out, I'll shout out those guys. Those, uh, you know, if you don't follow them, you should because they, they do put up good Sox content. I'll, everyone I just mentioned there. I'll shout out Herb. Um I said it earlier on this podcast, Herb Lawrence, uh, 670 The Score, had me on his show, Locked on Socks. But uh, the more of the shout-out goes to uh, how lubricated he kept me during the uh, the 108 after party. Like I said earlier, he bought me a couple beers, just stand-up guy. So shout-out, Herb. Um, you guys kind of stole a, a lot of the other ones, but uh, I'll shout the 108 uh, guys out, My Sox Summer, Cherizi, and, and Beef Loaf, too, for, for throwing that event, and uh, and Josh Nelson over at Socks Machine. Great time. Um Caught me on the spot there, Johnny. But those are those are my shout outs for the week. Call him Johnny on the spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah I literally just thought of that as you were going through, and I hey, like that. I got um, one. I, I got one last. I got one last shout out. I got one last shout out, and that's I'm shouting out uh, Johnny Nani for driving us home from that event. Um, hey, hey, he did an excellent job. Uh, you know, driving us home. We got home safe. Um, Johnny stopped drinking a little bit earlier than the the rest of us, and and got us home. So. Uh, I got so responsibles now. He, he's, he's responsible. <laughs> he, he didn't want to crash the car with uh, his bosses in it. So, uh, you know, shout out Johnny. I think that's important. Uh, I don't I know if Buzz wants to shout him out now. too, but, you know, that was that was a cool and tough move from Johnny Nani on, on uh, Friday night. 
Ah, I love you. Not pay it forward. That's how I think of it. Yeah, I got you. I'll get you for show. Yeah, guys, uh, that does it for this edition of Sunday Funday. Uh, so great to be back on the mic with all of you guys. Um, we will, you know, keep this thing rolling now since the you know, I like to call Sox Fest and a lot of people do unofficial start to the season, as I had mentioned at the beginning of the show. Um, I think it's only fitting that we start doing these uh, regularly again. We were kind of, you know, just spotty wind news uh, arose during the off season, So um, we, we've recharged our batteries. Uh, we're still doing our content over uh, for our winter teams, Tony and I on Blackhawks and uh, Buzz over on Bulls there. So, um, Buzz, why don't you close this thing out with uh, your little housekeeping read that you always do? Oh, oh, you mean this? Be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at SoxOnTap and following at ONTAPSportsNet. That's all I got, boys. White Sox forever? White Sox forever. White Sox forever.